This is part two of our discussion of issue 22. This is where the the heart-rending stuff starts because, mm-hmm. you know, as Venka is giving this little lovely mother's speech to Sutrika, just saying, like, you know, I'm, I'm choosing to go in the palace and, and I'm never going to let you know fear or cruelty or bloodshed and, um, you know, really sweet new mommy moment. And um, Moonshade is, you know, listening in and thinks, you know, that's the dream. That's the dream that I've given everything else up for, you know, no killing or battle for survival, never again. Um, and then, um, well, we all, if you've read the issue, you know what happens. Um, yeah. And let, let's let's talk about that. So, okay. um, we, you know, so we're talking about Moonshade, you know, she's expressing this is what... You know, this idea of no killing for survival and living, you know, this blissful existence where you make your own food or whatever, you know, from matter between the stars or, you know, that the, that the palace dwellers are going to do and um, not be faced with the threat of, you know, this race of people that just wants to wipe you out of existence. And we have a bunch of farewells as the palace is getting ready to leave. I want to come back to those, but obviously, mm-hmm. you know, Strongbow and Moonshade have their final parting and it's again, heartrending, gut wrenching. And, you know, Moonshade says, you know, please don't die from this. You know, you need to live. And Strongbow to his credit um, has accepted it. And he yeah. even says as much. And I've noticed too, that Strongbow has been speaking a lot in final quest versus sending. Mm-hmm. And I think mm-hmm. I think I take that to mean that Strongbow speaks when the emotions are too strong that sending them would just be too much. Okay. Yeah. And so um so he says, you know, I can let her go, but I can't watch the palace go and he goes off hunting. And you know, well, at well, just before that we see this beautiful scene of moonshade floating and saying her final farewell and sort of being engulfed into this sort of, it's almost like a, like a birth, like a reverse birth scene, you know, like mm-hmm. Moonshade is being accepted back into, um, you know, the mother of all the elves, the palace. Um, it's just beautiful and also ethereal and otherworldly and um, a little bit overwhelming all in one. That's yeah. Uh, those are just some words that are popping up as I'm looking at it right now. But um, so that all happens and Strongbow just has to get out of there because he can't actually watch her leave. And he's off in a daze. He's hunting with his wolf, whose name we learn is Bear Bader. And um, they stumble upon a bunch of deserters from the the war men, from the Junsmen. And Strongbow essentially just kind of stands there, dumbfounded, kind of frozen in the headlights you know, he, he even recognizes, you know, he calls himself, what does he say? I'm a rock skull for being oblivious, you know, in his grief. He's completely oblivious to the presence of these humans that he should have smelled or heard. And, you know, he kicks Bear Bader out of there and Bear Bader runs and then Strongbow just kind of stands there. I think he's like, it's a combination of like deer in the headlights. And then if you've ever just been so emotionally overwhelmed that you literally just were wiped out of everything, like a thought, emotion, you're just kind of empty. That's what I see in Strongbow's face. And he's just kind of standing there. And I don't take it that he was trying to get himself killed. Although some fans have, have, you know, read it that way. I think 
again, I just think he, it's a combination of being stunned and just like he had nothing more left to, to offer, like even in his own defense to like run flee. Yeah. And he was just kind of standing there empty. And so of course, you know, the humans are like, Oh my God, just stand there. We're going to shoot you. And that's what they do. And who should appear, but moonshade. And she takes the bullet mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Holy crap. I mean, yeah. that panel on that page is filled with, there's so much energy in the, the line and the color and the expression. And I mean, it's so, it's, it's crazy. And, but it's also, there's like a sickly element with that, that, that green color and the red of the blood. And, you know, basically Moonshe gets shot through from behind and the bullet comes through, uh, goes right through her and hits Strongbow. So they're both hit. Yeah. Blood yeah. everywhere, and basically, Moonshade's like, I was just coming, I just needed to touch you one last time. And right, she ended up, you know, choosing to take the bullet for, for Strongbow and dying, yeah, because it's pretty clear here when you first see her um, start to appear, she's behind him and she sees what's happening, and then she makes the choice to uh, take the bullet, like, she moves from behind him in to in front of right. him. In order to take the shot right. there, and so yeah, so this is the first original character that has died, at least of the Wolf Riders, yeah. um, <clears throat> other than One Eye since One Eye, which is crazy. Yeah, that is crazy. I mean, I when I turned up to this page, I literally like I gasped out loud, and I covered my eyes. Now, I'm not yeah. embarrassed to say that I was already a sobbing mess from mm-hmm. what had gone on before, from all of the goodbyes that we'll talk about in a minute. But this page, like, I just had to physically stop for a minute. And I just, like, I couldn't look at it. <laughs> yeah. And what I finally did, it was just like, holy crap. Now, the the crazy part about this is that Wendy and Richard told us this was going to happen. In dream time. If you look at that dream, uh, yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. If you look at that dream, the last couple panels yeah. are the the claws in, in coming and engulfing the two wolves wolves together, and only one of them emerges morning. Right. Yeah, I think a lot of us interpreted that though in so many different ways that well, of course, yes. that's what, uh, maybe we can. That's what Wendy and Richard yeah, wanted, we, but I'm, that, well, they and wanted that's, exactly, and that's, but that's yeah. why that's what I'm saying is that you know, it was yeah. there, it was right there before our eyes, and yeah, you know, certainly right. some people I think saw it and said that's what's going to happen, and and but it was done in such a way that it could be so many different things, like you're you were just saying. So uh, yeah, exactly. But clearly, that's what it was meant to right. um, uh, foreshadow, yeah. was this exact scene. And it makes total sense now, looking at that dream, with the the forest closing in on them, which is looks like human hands. Right, and, right. You know, yeah. And then, like you say, the one is left. Right. So, yeah. And um, mm-hmm. so, 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 Strongbow immediately calls for, for Yun. Like, he's got that presence of mind. Which also, again, tells me that he was not trying to commit suicide. Because if that's what he wanted and now Moonshade was dead, why wouldn't he just let the humans kill him? Why wouldn't he just let them kill him? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. so, you know, the, the, 
Yun comes and collects them and brings them back. And of course, the Wolf Riders, the, the Wolf Riders have gathered, at least some of them, most of them have gathered at Blue Mountain to say the farewell um, for, for the palace. And so a bunch of them are there with a bunch of the go-backs and, you know, they see Strongbow come back. And Strongbow is basically in shock. Like he doesn't, he's talking, he's not sending. He doesn't even seem, he seems kind of like in another world. You know, he's not screaming or sobbing. He's just like profoundly to his core sad and almost like a quiet sadness, which is mm-hmm. all the more disturbing. Yeah. Um, and w- so he brings the body to, to, to me. Mm-hmm. And he basically gives Tamane Moonshade's body and Tamane takes it into the palace. And, you know, she says, you know, that you guys were perfect mates and this is one perfect giving. Like she basically gave her life for yours. And I think this, all of this is really interesting because of course everyone is speculating like, well, you know, why did Tamane take her body? And I think it's more that Strombo gave her, gave Tamane Moonshade's body to honor her wish to leave the world of two moons and exist within the palace. So rather than give her a wolf rider's death by letting the wolves have her body, Strongbow is, is acknowledging and recognizing the validity of Moonshade's final, you know, her, her choice in life to leave in the palace. And she gives her body her physical, he gives her physical body to Tamane to go back into the palace. Right. Um, which is kind of yeah, that makes a lot beautiful of sense. and mm-hmm. sad. Um, but also shows that Strongbow has come a long way. And I have been critical of Strongbow, as you know. I wanted mm-hmm. to, you know, kick him in the butt and be like, do you get over yourself? So I, you know, I, I, I feel – I don't feel that way about Strongbow anymore. I think that he really has come on a journey, even if he's been dragged kicking and screaming on it a little bit. Yeah. He, yeah. You know, he got there. And, he, you know, he says it. He, you know, in the in the panel before – um, she Moonshade originally goes into the palace. It, you know, it says that Strongbow strives to send his life mate forth with purest love. So he's there. He gets it. It doesn't mean it's not heart wrenching for him. And I completely appreciate that. No. Yeah. As much as you were um, wanting to kick him in the ass, I think I've been defending him quite a bit sure. uh, over the course of our podcast. Uh, so yeah, I, but definitely, I mean, I, I see the, um, the arc of his character development here um, as far as accepting her choice. And then uh, just what you pointed out, like that clearly makes it um, crystal clear that he uh, did accept her choice in the end. I mean, he's like you said, he's giving her body to Tamane to take her physical body away, um, not giving her that sort of the, the wolf rider, um, what the wolf riders do with their dad okay. right so this is him completely accepting her choice um so but let's talk about the the ramifications of this sort of like what this means um as far as moonshade's moonshade's death here because she's gone through this enormous uh change through the course of final quest where she went from being keeper of the way to a high one, mm-hmm. essentially, um, giving up everything that she had known uh, as far as living life on the world of two moons um, and making a complete 180 as far as what she was going to be doing going forward. Um, so all of this work that she's put into it and these massive changes that she's made, 
uh, within herself and, you know, the, the ramifications upon her, her own family. And, um, and then at the last minute before she's able to leave and, and realize the, the full extent of her dream, um, she's killed. Mm -hmm. So, uh, I, like, I'm still trying to sort of wrap my head around all of this and, like, what that means and, you know, come to terms yeah. with it. Because, like, how are you feeling about that? Well, I think it's, it's like... I mean, it's tragic. Deeply, bitterly tragic that at the end of the day, her, you know, she, she, she did, she lost everything that she had been working for and sacrificing for and dreaming of to, you know, have self-fulfillment. And that really was what her whole journey in the final quest was about is kind of being true to herself and, and what she wanted and not just blindly following Strongbow, which is what she did for so many years. And, um, but, and I know that that could be taken in kind of a negative light, like, you know, damn you Strongbow, you got the last word, you know, you got her to like do what you, you know, like give up her dream you know, to save you or whatever. But of course, I don't think that's how it's meant um, to be taken. And I don't take it that way. You know, I take it as a really tragic and beautiful in a way gift. And as Timming calls it, you know, it's like the greatest gift. She gave up the greatest thing that she has, which is her life because of her love for you. And this dream that she had wanted so badly was not worth seeing you die. Um, so it's deeply sad and mm -hmm. um and heart-wrenching and you know my heart is still bruised um you know a couple weeks after reading this at this point right so it's yeah. uh it's sad it's really really sad so i will say as sad as i was and um to to some extent i was shocked but i kind of felt like i think like a lot of us that this could sure. happen so it wasn't like a a, a huge shock um, but still seeing it, it's, you know, it is shocking yeah. to some extent. But I, as sad as I was, I don't think I was as sad as I would have been, say, um, like for for when one eye died, right? Or um, some of the other characters. And I'll explain why. I th And I, I thought a lot about mm -hmm. this. And why don't I feel as sad as I thought that I might? And I think the reason is because in Final Quest, we've learned so much more about the afterlife as far as um what happens to elves and even though we knew before that their spirits exist beyond physical death it's become so pronounced in this series mm -hmm. and the whole idea behind you know um even with moonshade's trajectory as far as her character choices in this series and and we even talked about this a while ago um and i think i brought it up i said well why doesn't she just leave her physical form completely if she doesn't want to live with the day-to-day -day trials of, of physical existence because you're still experiencing that to some extent within a physical body even if you're in the palace right. you still have to probably consume some sort of energy mm -hmm. right whether it's like eating or absorbing something like energy mm -hmm. um you're, you're still dependent upon all of these things and uh you're, you're still within a physical body so 
I think, and, and that was one of the points I brought up a while ago was, well, why doesn't she just become a spirit then? Because then you're completely eliminating all of that and you're just existing in this pure state of energy or whatever it is. Um, and so now, okay, well, she has achieved that now. I mean, she is a spirit. She is going to live uh, as a spirit within within the palace. And we've been told, you know, within the series and even in comments that Wendy has made and stuff uh, about how, like, it's just change. Mm -hmm. It's not like an end. It's just a, a change. So I think to some extent that took some of the gravitas of this away from what otherwise maybe in an earlier series would have been very affecting to yeah. when I saw this, I was, I was sad, but I wasn't as sad as I think I would have been just because I know that, well, she's okay, regardless. Right. It's everybody's in shock and they're upset because her physical body has died, but they can still commune with her. She's still going to exist as a spirit. And in a sense, this is the ideal of what it is now to be what these beings yeah. are this is like their pure form so yeah no i think all yeah, yeah. I, I i think that's a totally um valid and logical way of looking at it i mean a couple things moonshade specifically says that she doesn't want to just exist in spirit she wants to still have a physical body just like the high ones chose to have physical bodies what she doesn't want is to be living on this brutish world where it's kill or be killed and constantly having to fight and struggle and shed blood and all of that um so I don't think she wanted to be a spirit. Otherwise, you're right. She could have just chosen that um, and, and given mm -hmm. up her body. Um, but I agree with you that the the weight of deaths is not what it was, say, in the original quest before we really knew yeah. that there was this afterlife. You know, um, right. but I'll, I'll, right. I'll tell you what's really interesting. Because I'm, I'm right there with you on that, and I think I think we all are, right? We all know that um, that life, you know, physical life is not the end of the existence of these beings, and 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 yes, it is different. And you say yes, you could commune with them, but that's not like you you don't necessarily just go in and be like, hey, how you doing? You know, like you might have to go a hundred years before the spirit actually responds to you. And Tim even says right, yeah. earlier in Final Quest that not all spirits will actually talk. You know. You have to feel for yeah. them. You know, she's talking to Winkin about that. Um, so it's not quite the same thing. It's not a shoe in and you know, it's like, you're physically not going to ever be able to touch that person again. And it is a very right. different thing. So, um, so, so the fact that it was so emotionally, uh, it, was it like one eye dying? No. And I wouldn't have expected it to be. Um, but the fact that there was still a weight of sadness to it, even though mm -hmm. we know that, you know, death has less meaning and less terror associated with it now in ElfQuest at where we are in the story than previously, I think, is a testament to the really great characters that Wendy and Richard have created that we care so much about. Um, mm -hmm. And, um, you know that it still hurts, even though we know Moonshade isn't like obliterated. We know she's going to exist. My guess is, you know, she'll exist within with all the other immortal spirits in the palace. I don't think she's going to stick around in the world of two moons. Um, I don't even know if she could anymore if without her wolf blood. So, um, but at any rate, you know, I know Moonshade isn't 
obliterated, but I know that she's not going to be able to live the life that she wanted to live. And now for sure, she'll never see Strongbow again in a physical way. And that's, right. you know, that's sad. I think where my sadness came in was partly for the other characters having to yes. experience this, right? Because they're obviously clearly uh, just upset about it uh i mean not just strongbow i mean look at everybody yeah. else's uh clearbrook especially you can see when she says my dear yeah. friend you know she's in shock um so that's part of it and i think it's also just the fact that it's a character that i've known yeah. for this long you know in my life that um that that character is no longer alive in the form that i'm used to knowing them mm -hmm. in mm -hmm. Right, that that it's sort of like that's sad for yeah. me, but I know on another level within the story, well, it's not it's it's not as tragic just because of what I know now about the elves after. Yeah, and I think that's okay, and I'm yeah. actually kind of happy for that because um, to 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 your point about it, you know, and not being as sad as it would be if if we didn't know that her spirit was going to continue. In this, mm -hmm. by all by all accounts, you know, sort of blissful existence. Um, the thing that really was saddest to me about this issue was not actually Moonshade's death. It was it was the saying goodbye. Mm -hmm. um, and mm -hmm. so, you know, if you go back to to the beginning of of that sequence, you know, we we come to this page and, you know, it's this big wide shot of the palace, the main hall, and a bunch of the elves kind of representative of all the different tribes um, are in there, as well as, you know, visions of all many different spirits and everything. And, you know, it says that the final, you know, the final breath of intense heat, the green makes way for the death sleep season and the night of parting arrives. And... At the bottom of that page, we see Ember and Sunstream saying goodbye, and this is where I I lost it. And again, I'm not ashamed to admit I was completely emotionally overwhelmed. And you know, I think that's because I'm very close with my siblings, and it just really hit home that this was it. Mm -hmm. Like this is goodbye, mm -hmm. you know. And it was, <laughs> you know, even though they're you know they're both alive, that is sadder to me and and hurts my heart more than than Moonshade dying because I know her spirit's still going to exist. If that makes any right. sense. Yeah. It does. And yeah. Um, you know, and then we get this series of goodbyes and, you know, again, what a, what a difficult task with all of the characters that have relationships mm -hmm. and that, you know, that we're probably all saying their goodbyes and knowing that you can only show a small handful of them that, well, judicious exactly. and yeah. difficult task of how you do that in the story for Wendy and Richard. I don't envy them. But going back to no. what I was saying about um, when when Sava is giving Lita the, the the mantle of mother of memory, and you could see Lita's parents in the background. To me, mm -hmm. that is like that is kind of serving the same purpose. You know, they're there. It's right. kind of like Lita's transition into what's going to happen next. And of course, they all said goodbye to each other. But we didn't need to see that on yeah. camera because we kind of got a nod to that already in that other scene. So, again, just mm -hmm. super subtle things like that, which are awesome. As far as goodbyes, I completely agree with you. I mean, it would be impossible to show all of these characters interacting with each other with all of these relationships in, in just these 
28 pages, you know, to be able to show all of these goodbyes. But I couldn't help it after this finishing this issue where I was thinking like, oh, we didn't get to see Cutter and Lita saying goodbye to Sunstream. Yeah. You know, or like, um, who else was I thinking of? There were other character relationships where I was like, oh, we didn't get to see like so-and-so saying goodbye to that person. And I really would have liked to have seen that. But I mean, I totally get it. There's just not enough pages to yeah. do it all. Right? And I think they got the yeah. key ones, you know, uh, Sunstream and, and, and Ember saying goodbye. I think that's a representative of of their whole family, you know, and, and whatever partings are there. Then the next one we see is Venka and Rayek and Ekwar and Satrika. And we get, you know, dear sweet sweet old Ekwar fawning over the baby and just being super cute as always. And, and, you know, Venka and Rayek having this sweet moment where she says, you know, part of you is coming to the stars. So take solace in that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we lead into the, again, the, the tear flow inducing <laughs> goodbye between Moonshade and her kids and free touch and dart. And it's just a super, super, stab in the heart, sweet, painful scene where they're so supportive of her and her choice and, you know, wanting to live her truth and do what she needs to do to be happy, but they're still sad about it. And, you know, they're sending her off, you know, free touch says, you know, mother, you know, sobbing, you know, go with joy. And moonshade says like probably the most heartbreaking thing a mother or any parent could say to their child, you know, free touch dart, you are the skin bones and heart of me. That will hunt Howell, uh, hunt and Howell on living free when I'm gone. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, I am blessed that I still have both of my parents. Um, and, but I can imagine many fans out there having had similar conversations with, you know, with parents or other loved ones that, you know, were going to be lost and just, I'm getting a little bit emotional just saying that right now because it's really mm-hmm. it's it's such a true to life thing in and you have it in this fantasy context and these characters that we've known our whole lives and it's just really uh, hard and hard hitting and um, yeah 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 it's very very truthful very powerful um, you know in that scene too is where and this is a little bit of foreshadowing within the issue is. Free touch says, like, how do you how do you see us when you're when you have disappeared yourself? And Moonshade says, you know, well, I see you as a glowing shape and everybody, all of you have their own home. And I would know where, exactly where you are, wherever you are. And that's exactly later in the issue, a few pages later, how she finds Strongbow, um, you know, when she's in her invisible form and she's floating through the forest and um you know, that little give of that line there that she gives a free touch, you, you don't think it means anything until a few pages later when that's exactly what she does to find Strongbow. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, the goodbyes were the toughest for me. Um, it just not only was it goodbyes of these characters that I've known and loved and putting myself in their shoes, like, you know, again, having to say goodbye forever to a sibling is just, you know, I can't even imagine that. But even yeah. on top of that, this is what really nailed, you know, slammed that hammer into that nail of the, the that this is really the final quest into my heart. Mm-hmm. And that this is, this really is, you know, the end of Cutter's Hero's journey and the main story thread of ElfQuest that we've known 
so far. And, you know, honestly, Wendy and Richard's main um, involvement in telling the tale of ElfQuest 100% with just the two of them. Um, and, yeah. you know, I'm again, <laughs> uh, I'm not ashamed to say that that makes me sad in a, in a, in a happy kind of way, but it makes me sad and, yeah. and it's like bittersweet. bittersweet. Exactly. And seeing all of these goodbyes in the, in, within the story, just, it really mm-hmm. made it like really, really viscerally real for me. And, um, yeah, I was a mess. I, <laughs> I was sitting yeah. on the sofa, just literally sobbing while I was reading. Justin was like shocked. He was like, are you okay? <laughs> and I had to, yeah, I had to pull him aside and be like, babe, it's off quest. <laughs> and he was like, okay. <laughs> but, um, he was actually really sweet and he was very worried about me, but, um, uh-huh. uh, but yeah, so God, this is like, <laughs> it was a really tough issue. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, so much happens in this issue, and we still have a little bit more to talk about. Before we do, though, um, one thing I was thinking about, and this could be just more like fan speculation, totally meaningless to the story, but I was thinking at, at one point when I was reading it, I was wondering, well, now that they have the power of the palace and, you know, all these powerful healers, uh, why don't they just get Moonshade to the palace and, you know, what Lita tried to do with One Eye? I think that's your answer. Try and do it. What? <laughs> <laughs> well, a couple different answers. One, okay. um, they've learned, yeah, you know, through Lita's experience, that that's really not a good idea to try to, you know, force a spirit back into its body. Um, but instead of forcing it, why not just ask? Why not ask Moonshade if she wants her body? Yeah. Well, and then there's, is that even possible? We'll put her body into rap stuff, wait for her spirit. But if her to... body's already dead, you know, like one eye's body wasn't dead. One eye was still alive in his body. That's why Lita tried to heal him, but his spirit wanted to leave. And so he overpowered her. And she was able to put in some of her magic to keep the body alive, but he didn't want it, you know? Yeah. And so, yeah. you know, yes, in theory, could you try to do that as heal, heal a dead body? But we've never seen that done before. And I would have to imagine <clears throat> that that's probably beyond the powers of even the most powerful of the elves in the palace at this point. But not even to try, though, to even suggest it for any of the characters to say, like, well, now we have the palace. We're, we're so powerful now. Why don't we try it? Well, that doesn't doesn't mean that somebody didn't say that. But, you know, from the in-story point of view, I think that they probably wouldn't because they kind of respect the rules of death. And, mm-hmm. and what they know that, you know, once a spirit is a spirit, they generally <clears throat> seem to be okay with that. A, and yeah. B... From a storytelling point of view, that's one of those things where, you know, Wendy and Richard have already gone down that path and told that story. And so I think it would be yeah. a little bit repetitive to kind of do the same thing again at this point. Well, only if it was the same outcome, though, is what I'm saying, right? If you tried it again and there was a different outcome, then it wouldn't necessarily be repetitive yeah. because you'd be showing something. But I still hate the idea of <laughs> different just, I mean, again, it's like it's. Yeah. You know, Wendy and Richard pride themselves on, you know, dead is dead. <laughs> so if now yeah. suddenly the elves decided, and maybe they maybe they do, could have the power to do it, theoretically. 
Um, and but if they were to start to choose to sort of bring people back from the dead, I just I think it would cheapen everything. Yeah, yeah. For from a storytelling point of view, for sure. I'm just thinking, you know, within the context of uh, like the <laughs> the story, um, and what what we know the elves are capable yeah. of now that you know that it wouldn't even be attempted because especially given what we know about what moonshade wanted right right that she okay you mentioned well she wanted to remain in her body so she could experience right. uh you know life as a as a high one but within a physical form then well why not why not try and keep her body alive put it in wrap stuff try and heal it whatever. you know i'm uh and, and then ask her spirit like do you want to go back into your right. body yeah no i think there, yeah. that that the way you describe that does make a, a a certain amount of sense as a way that you could make that work within the the parameters of the story as it is now where there's such an emphasis on on, on choice um i mean and mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and lita even says to to mender as he's trying to heal strongbow from the bullet that got lodged in him you know but what if he doesn't want to live and you know, and and so it's such a real emphasis in the story that I could see again that that being the route that they went with that, if that is indeed what they chose to do with the story, like again make it about Moonshade's choice versus like Lita right, forcing. Right. Um, but I, I, I'm you know I've referenced the the spoiler thread and the the Facebook fan group, and like I said, there's like over 900 comments on there. I can't remember mm-hmm. all of them, but now that we're talking about this there was a, a conversation going on in that thread about what, you know, in, in the, in the previous issue door basically gave up his body and, and, and became a spirit. And there were questions about like, well, what's the difference between what moonshade is doing and becoming invisible and just what door did, which is like, let his spirit leave his body totally. And Wendy said something like, there's a, there's a total difference. Like, that death is like the permanent severing of the body from the spirit. And what Moonshade was doing was a form of magic where her physical body was still there. It was just, you know, humming at a different rate, but the spirit and the body were still connected, even if the body wasn't in physical form. And that what Dor did was, was, you know, akin to death. Dor severed the tie between his physical body and his spirit um, by basically turning his spirit, his body just dissipated totally, and that tie was severed. So, so Dor died, but when Moonshade became invisible, she didn't. And that death, as defined, again, by Wendy here, is this, again, irreversible severing between the physical and the spiritual. So, so again, it's really worth everybody digging that out and spending an afternoon reading through the comments because – um, you know, so many fans have really great thoughts and reactions and, you know, you can laugh and cry and hug everybody virtually, but, you know, Wendy is piping up and Richard has made some comments in there too. And so, you know, there's a wealth of little tidbits and commentary from them that you can get. So I highly recommend folks do that. And it's still active. People are commenting on it. In fact, I'm looking at it right now and there's still commentary going on in it. Like new yeah. messages are being posted as I speak. So, um, so awesome. go go check that out. But um... let's go back a bit uh, to we we're talking about partings and saying goodbye. So we had um, uh, Venka saying goodbye to Rayek, showing him his granddaughter. Mm-hmm. Um, but just prior to that, we had uh, 
Cutter and Lita heading in a pod to uh, the Forbidden Grove, I guess, right? Or so, so they? they're 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 Somewhere. at Blue Mountain. So they're th- this is before yeah. the palace, the night of the palace leaving. Um, so this is after right. Venka gives birth to Satrika. And my what 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 the way I'm I'm reading this is that Cutter and Lita are coming to. To basically say congratulations to Venka on behalf of the Wolf Riders. So they take a pod, um, and it says, you know, they keep their comings and goings to a minimum because they don't want to attract human attention. So they go in to just sort of, you know, meet Satrika and again, give their congrats. And, you know, in many ways, Cutter is like, you know, uh, a father figure. Um, well, he's also a love mate, but we know the elves don't really draw the same lines um, to Venka. Yeah. But um, it's really sweet what he says to 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 Re- Reik here. He you know he actually calls her our Venka, you know like mm-hmm, um, mm. you know yeah. and and he makes a funny comment or Lita makes a funny comment that now um, Reik's a grandfather, a doddering old grandparent like Cutter and Lita are, <laughs> which is funny because there's mm-hmm, nothing doddering mm-hmm. about any of them, but um, but still yeah. funny. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of great lines here. Um, and then, of course, we're back to Rayek saying smile on the newborn for both of us. Um, <laughs> he can't help but be... Uh, emo Rayek. That's the word I'm looking at. Yeah, emo. <laughs> exactly. Thank you. You know, like, it's a, a Cutter and Lita arrive with this, you know, to to congratulate Venka. And, you know, they're they're beaming with happiness. And, of course, Rayek has to... Be you right, know. Um, but he wouldn't be Rayek if he wasn't right. right? Exactly. Uh, no, the risk is too great. <laughs> the last time I entered the palace, went away. Yeah. Right. Uh, well, well, yeah. the... um, but go ahead. Mm-hmm. Well, I just like in in the last panel on this page here, where it sort of uh, Rayek acknowledges when he looks at Cutter and Lita that more than any others, these two have shaped his life, and it's sort of there again. We get sort of this um, closing of the circle feeling. I got that when I read that line. Um, it was sort of like, uh, like coming full circle. It felt like, because it's Rayek acknowledging that like these two people have really shaped his life than than anyone else, and you know all of the things that they have gone through, all of the trials and tribulations and. Um, animosities i mean between cutter and rayek and and now they're they're greeting each other as as Mm -hmm. friends really so uh it's just like it's it gave me that sort of full circle kind of feeling that i got you know the same type of feeling uh with cutter and tamayne exchanging the um the blood yeah. there. It was the same I, type of deal. Yeah, I, I completely agree. And and the and the conversation between Reg and Cutter on the on the next page about <clears throat> you know Reg's fate and his choice to not enter the palace and not leave and what all of that means, it, you know, I think kind of really really solidifies that. It's really when I look at this and, and that comment about Cutter and Lita being the ones that have shaped Reg's life the most. You know, the full circle part of it to me is that in the very beginning of ElfQuest, the the events and the choices of Cutter and Lita totally shaped Rayek's life. And he did nothing but re- reject it and fight against it. And and over the course of the 40 years of ElfQuest, Rayek's character has changed and grown to the point where mm-hmm. 
he's 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 in a way he's going with the flow because you know Cutter and Lita never meant Rick any ill will. Um, and a lot of the negativity he kind of brought on himself with his attitude and rejection and, and, and ego and all of those things. And I think we're mm-hmm. seeing in this final conversation, well, a final in this issue anyway, um, between Cutter and Rayek is that really kind of coming full circle with, you know, Cutter acknowledging or Rayek confiding in Cutter and Cutter acknowledging, you know, the heroic qualities of Rayek. And thanking him for it. And, you know, they kind of are, you know, these are the, the kings of the broken wheel right here. And they're yeah. on equal footing and they're equal. And there's no, the thing that's different though, and this is the evolution, is that there's no animosity and there's no rivalry right. anymore. They're, they're meeting as equals and, um, almost, almost as friends as, friends, as much as they could ever be. Yeah. Like, can, are they friends? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know yeah. that they're friends. This but to me, I think, I don't, but, they res- they respect each other now. Yeah. I think. Yeah. Um, yeah. The other. Uh, this. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. I well, I was just gonna say this page for me was uh, my favorite part of this issue. Yeah. Oh, this, this is incredible. This yeah. conversation between Cutter and Rayek. Um. I this was the page where I got yeah. choked up. I didn't really get choked up so much for Moonshade like we talked about before, but I did on this page. Um, especially at the end, the last thing that Cutter says to Rayek when he says the humans have a word hero, I think at last I understand what that means. Um, I mean, that's like pretty powerful stuff yeah. right there where Cutter is, you know, acknowledging Rayek in a way he never really yeah. has. And, um, like, uh, really sort of know how to put this into words but uh like respecting him on that level yeah that you know they've gotten they finally gotten to that place um and acknowledging the the sacrifice that rayek is making now by um containing winnowill spirit uh you know and, and realizing how much that means and on top of that just the art in this on this page i think is fantastic because it's all in Mm -hmm. silhouette and it's so much is conveyed in the body language and it's just um this is classic wendy right here too especially this panel transition right where you have almost that sense of animation between Mm -hmm. um the panels it's that transition from point a to point b and it's i just think she's i mean she's a master at doing that specific type of um visual storytelling and that's what i love about this page and then the just the dialogue and and Rick, I, I feel so much for him too in this on this page here because of his body language. You can tell how, um, on on one level, he's trying to hold it all together and he is strong, but there's a part of him that's like broken because he knows all of what he's giving up, and it's like heartbreaking. Yeah. <clears throat> all of that, I um, I, I agree with all that. Um, I think the the well. The cover of this issue is incredible. Um, we, we rarely actually talk about the covers, and this is one that I think bears talking about. But I mention it mm-hmm. because I was thinking earlier today that somebody needs to nominate Wendy for some comic book award for, like, best cover of a comic book issue of the year, of 2017, of the decade. I don't know. I don't know how to do that. I don't know what places give out awards like that, but somebody needs to do it. And the reason mm-hmm. I bring it up here is that everything that you were just saying about what 
this page is, I think should also get an award. If there's if there's an award for like the best comic page of the year, this page should get yeah. it because of everything that yeah. you're just saying, the sequential uh, animated nature of it and the body language and how much is conveyed. I mean, that last panel has no words in it and it's probably even I more know. powerful than the ones with words in it. Um, right. So I, yeah. I completely agree with all that. It's it's almost like without the dialogue, you could still understand what was happening here. You would still get a sense of what was going yeah, on. For sure. Um, now, yeah. now with that said, um, this is another major progression in not only Rayek's character development, but Widow Will's. Even though she's not present, her spirit is, you know, is sleeping inside of Rayek at this point. And has been since Reef basically shocked her out of her, um, you know, out of her her control of Rayek and and murder rage, right? And and yeah. so that it was that pivotal scene where Rayek Rayek's like genuine love for for Winnowill actually became mm-hmm. apparent to her because before that she she didn't really believe it. She didn't think she didn't really believe that true love truly existed. And so to, to her, mm-hmm. Rayek literally was just her jailer. And so she was trying to kill him. And so, you know, we saw that big major transition there. And this is like fair, like it's kind of blatant big stuff, but I think it's also easy to miss. And it's easy to just say, oh, you know, Rayek is denying Winnow Will's spirit her freedom. And that's horrific. Right. Mm-hmm. Winnow Will is, is part of this. And that's what we learn in this panel. The thing that's different that makes Rayek something other than just a soulless jailer preventing, you know, breaking the rule of will that is so important in everything else that we're seeing in Final Quest is that Rayek, Winnow Will is not anymore just trying to get free. That's not what she really wants. What Winnow Will really wants at this point, now that she knows that Rayek really loves her, is to prove mm-hmm. that love doesn't exist and to challenge and test him to the point where he gives up on his love for her. Mm-hmm. And that is Rogue's curse. That is the crux of what that whole concept is about. And so, you yeah. know, both Rake and Winnowill in this page make that one last final big step to go from, you know, the Rake and Winnowill of Shards and Kings of the Broken Wheel to the Rake and Winnowill of Rogue's curse. And it right. also, for me, you know, I have a big problem with Ray keeping Winnow Will's spirit prisoner. Um, and I know other fans do as well because of that whole lack of choice. You know, with that scene where, where that Ray references in this issue where he first showed up to the palace after the call went out and Winnow Will tried to break free. And, you know, her terror and pain at being trapped was visceral. And it was horrific in that issue. And I actually felt bad for Winnow that Rayek and his selfishness is what I thought it was. And what we all thought it was, um, was keeping her prisoner. Now we know is genuinely motivated by love and she's choosing to stay and torture him just to prove her point. And so he being equally as stubborn is going to choosing to fight her on that and meet her. And they're in this game together. It's not Rayek just trapping her. And the simple as that, it makes it a lot more, layered and nuanced and gray than just a black and white like Ray is being a monster by keeping her prisoner yeah i i never understood that sentiment though that he was a monster for keeping her prisoner because as soon as she's free i i wouldn't trust her to do anything except oh yeah. 
try and kill all of the elves or you know infect yeah. the palace with her her that little detail <laughs> darkness yeah right. just that little oh, part and, right yeah and so... that this is another thing that i'm so glad um we, we brought up and i'm going to go back to that spoiler thread on facebook because this is where richard actually dropped a nugget of info and again it's it's buried in here so it's i'm not gonna be able to find it to read it but basically there was a conversation going on where um, you know, some folks were, I think, legitimately still struggling with this idea of Rake being a captor of a spirit that wanted to be free. Um, and, you know, setting aside the fact that letting her free could be disastrous and, and you know, doom uh, <laughs> doom a lot of other elves if, if she got out. Um, I think what they were assuming was that, oh, well, once her spirit's out, she'll just soften the way that most other spirits do or Timane and the other um, elves will heal her in the palace, like what they were offering to do in that original scene. And Richard piped up and left a comment that basically said something to the effect that, you know, regardless of what any of the elves think and Ray in particular about, you know, this being about healing Widow Will, that you Widow Will can't be healed by anybody other than herself. And that if she were mm-hmm. to be let out it, there, unless she wanted it, unless she accepted the love and the forgiveness that the elves were offering, mm-hmm. then that's the only way that she would heal. And that's what happened with Dor. You know, no one healed Dor. Dor chose to heal himself right. and make that choice. Yeah. Now, the yeah. only reason he was able to do that is because of the, the palace dwellers' love and support and forgiveness. And that's what they would be offering to Winnowill if Ray accepted mm-hmm. her free. But until Winnowill mm-hmm. is able to accept those things, yeah. Then it's probably just going to end in disaster, and Rayek knows that. So by keeping Ray, her, he's he's still yeah. protecting all of the other elves from that toxicity. You know, it's basically like Winnowill has to either, you know, accept love and not obliterate everybody else around it, or Rayek is going to make the sacrifice of keeping her spirit encased forever. And I'm exactly. okay with that. Yeah, well, I don't see what like there's no right, other there's choice. There's no other choice. Exactly. And that's why Cutter says you're a hero cuz you know, you're yeah. doing this for all of us. Exactly. But it wasn't really until reading this and then, you know, Richard adding a little bit more info in that comment on Facebook that I really I feel like fully grasp it and I'm okay with with it because I again, I have had a little bit of trouble with it since we saw Winnowill desperately trying to get out. Um and maybe I'm just like soft-hearted <laughs> because I felt bad for her, but yeah, you're you're right. She's just gonna destroy everybody if she gets out anyway. So uh, yeah, what made them think that if Rayek released her spirit in the palace way back in the earlier issues here that uh, they would have been able to heal her? And then isn't that if they were going to try and heal her spirit, wouldn't that be forcing them their their healing on her with right. her? choosing yeah. it you know and then were they just assuming that she would uh accept yeah. it and it would be her choice because that's pretty naive and that's a lot of assumption on the other yeah. parts that she would accept and yeah and i think it. a lot of the like i think a lot of the presumption for the argument that Ray is a monster is based on those things like presuming that oh well the palace cells can just heal her but if you take that away then they're really, you know, you really are left with the horrific choice of keeping a spirit that doesn't want to be kept a prisoner. I don't think Ray likes that. He's not doing it because no. of his own ego. 
which is what it seemed like he might uh, there might be an element of that at certain points in Final Quest. But again, this this panel with his conversation with Cutter is again, I think this is not only a, an amazing page, but this this is one of the key pages in all of ElfQuest in telling the tale of the the Cutter Cutter Rake aspect of what ElfQuest has been about of Cutter's hero's journey. Yes. Yeah. Definitely. Oh. Um Yes. So okay. <laughs> So I think we've just got one more aspect of Yeah, and this is the other biggie, biggie, biggie. Um and mm-hmm. that is you know, the palace has is leading. You know, it's literally getting ready to leave and Moonshade, you know, darts out to, you know, say her goodbyes. You know, she ends up getting shot. Um and the palace is still leaving. They're not, you know, they're they're basically powering up. You know, they've got the engines running. Um, so Timaine mm-hmm. takes yeah. Moonshade's body in, but there's no time for any big ceremony. I'm sure the palace dwellers are are doing their own sort of grieving inside. The wolf riders are obviously howling and consoling each other on the outside. The gobacks, of, of course, are like, let's go kill those damn humans. Get our armor, which I love. Yeah. I'm so excited. Me too. Um, and uh, and what we're left with is Cutter and Skywise standing in the portal of the palace again. As I like, I can you can almost hear it the way the art is drawn, like this like buzz and this hum as as it's sort of powering up to to take off. And um, you know, as you can imagine, like we readers as well as the characters, we're all sort of like in this emotional numb place at this point. It's like what is going on, and 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 you can yeah. see that in Cutter and Skywise. They're just like sad and kind of numb and. You know, Cutter, you know, going back to your point earlier about death, you know, I always think of Vishanti's death when, you know, Cutter was like, you know, this is sad, but I know he's going to continue to live in shards. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think we see a little bit of that, too. Like, but but Cutter breaks down, you know, he's like, you know, you know, my whole life, her voice, her soft gaze, the fine things she made. And Skyway says the same thing. Like, you know, I can't believe she's gone. He's like, I can't feel her spirit here yet. Um, that you know, presumably it's it's sort of sleeping um, and hasn't really made itself known. But um, so they're in shock and they're feeling kind of like we are, even though we know. And the line is even said in here, like love, life is forever, living is forever, love is forever, all of that. It's still traumatic when the physical part of it dies, even for these beings and and for us. So, um, but that leads into this incredible climactic scene between Cutter and Skywise where they basically have to say goodbye. Right. And it's the backdrop again is, is like the palace portal. So you have this glowing heavenly ethereal background um, that it's almost like they're in the clouds and they're just hugging each other. And there's this conversation that happens between them that, bears a little bit of dissection, I think, you know, um, you know, Skyway starts by saying, you know, I die for you. And Cutter, Cutter's comment is in reference to what Tamane just said to Strongbow about Moonshade giving her life and that, so that he could live and that being, you know, a perfect giving. And so Cutter says, you know, you're, you're going far and it's pretty much the same thing, you know, like if you died, it would be the same thing as you leaving right now, because I likely am never going to get to see you in physical form again. And so he he's recognizing that sacrifice on Skywise's part by saying it's your perfect giving. 
And the giving part, it took me a little while to suss this out in my brain. But, you know, the giving part here is that Cutter, because he knows of his connection to Tamane, you know, is okay with Skywise leaving. And he's actually encouraged him to leave, as we've talked about, right? Cutter has encouraged Skywise to leave. It's Skywise who has been dragging his feet because he doesn't want to give up Cutter. So by by the gift, the giving that Skywise is giving Cutter by leaving is basically Skywise leaving even though he doesn't want to because it will like it because it will make Cutter happy. Right. In the sense that not that it will make him happy, but like Cutter is encouraging him to do it because Cutter wants Skywise to be happy. and He knows ultimately Skywise is only going to be happy in the stars with Tamei. So in other words, like right. by giving Cutter what he wants, that's Skywise's gift to Cutter. And what Cutter wants is for Skywise to go. So, it's you know, yeah. it's a little bit convoluted there, but I hope that made sense. OK, it did. Yeah, <laughs> but it took yeah. me a while to kind of. Yeah, come to that. So, um, yeah, for sure. And then, you know, and then, you know, Skywise is, is of course, worried about the Junsmen and Cutter's like, don't worry, I'm not going to roll over. I'm going to live up to my name. And he's like, you know, tell us wishes good hunt. And this is where we get the this like is my favorite line in the whole thing. Skywise says, I'll come back. I'll come back and show you wonders. And this for me. It was like sinking into a warm bath after being in like a horrific, you know, car accident where your body and your soul are just battered, which is what the rest of the issue did. Getting that one little line of like hope that while there might be partings and they might be lifelong partings in some cases that in this case, there's a chance that Skyways and Cutter are going to be reunited at some point in the ongoing telling of ElfQuest beyond Final Quest. And mm -hmm. Cutter says, I know, which I find fascinating. Cutter knows that they're going to, that Skyways is going to come back. And maybe that's, again, like he has a knowing because of Tamane and, and I don't know, like, you know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, or maybe he just means that he knows that Skyways and Tamane are going to be together, so therefore he and Skyways are going to be together on some level. I don't I don't know, but Cutter is much more at peace with it, I think, than Skywise is. And Skywise saying, like, I'm gonna go on these adventures, but I'm not totally giving you up. I'm gonna come back to you. It just filled me with like it was like a warm blanket. Um and you know, <laughs> Cutter laugh ending the conversation on a on kind of a humorous note, like just don't scare me with all that star stuff. Like like they yeah. did at the end of Shards, where they actually did leave right. the planet. And we're in space, and Skywise made the walls disappear, and Cutter literally freaked out. Freaked out. Um, and my favorite part about the panel is, you know, they're they're basically touching foreheads and kind of just gazing at each other, you know, and like the deepest loving that two beings could have for one another. And you know, it's physical. You know, Skywise's hand is on Cutter's cheek, and my favorite part is Cutter is just kind of holding onto a lock of Skywise's hair. Do you see that? I didn't see that at first. Some somebody else pointed that out um, in the in the Facebook group, and um, it's just it's the perfect panel. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the the art and oh, yeah. on these panels is 
yeah. amazing. Um, yeah, the, uh, I'll come back. I'll come back and show you wonders. Okay, so here's another thing that I'm not 100% clear about with Final Quest. Like, they're going back to the Star Home, but are they going to come back at some point? I mean, in Future Quest, which we don't even know if how much of it is canon at this point, but we know that at some point they, the elves return, so they're not gone permanently. They're going to come back at some point. You know, when, what is going to cause that yeah. to happen? Or, you know, I, um, I would say don't hold your breath on getting any answers to any of those questions. <laughs> no, no. But those are good questions, right? And those... Because it, it did seem when the story was set up, it was like when it, everybody has to choose, the ones who are leaving, they're not coming back. Like, that's it. Like, everybody right. who is leaving is right. gone for good, and they're never going to see each right. other again. So then this sort of um, implies that, well... They might come back well, at some point. For me, it implies that Skywise is going to come back to Cutter. And whether or not anybody else does, you know, who knows? But it's, and, and you know, I think that, that the, 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 the weightiness of them leaving is, is all there, right? Because again, right. we don't know when that's going to happen, right? And, and, you know, even on the next page, um, or two pages later, you know, Cutter makes a comment that, um, it's enough for him to know that Skywise is going to be in Tamane's arm when these arms are, are dust. So, you mm -hmm. know, Cutter is saying, like, he knows he's fully accepting that he might not ever get to hold Skywise again as Cutter, but it's enough for him to know that the Tamane part of him will always be together with Skywise. So, um, so yeah. it, it, it gives me hope, but it doesn't absolve the, again, the gravitas of them leaving. Yeah. Right. So, the the last thing to talk about is the, what happens next is that you know Cutter mm -hmm. Cutter's hand uh, you know separates from Skywise's and Timane's hand comes out and she kind of takes him into the palace and they're you know in the moment of them getting ready to leave Cutter says you know you know let us see you in your high one form and Skywise changes he's as tall as Timane um, he's in this you know glorified high one form and in that moment probably triggered by Moonshade's death, the last recognition um, of any of the palace dwellers probably is finally, um, finally triggered in, in, in Tamane and Skyways, which has been hinted at throughout final quest. And frankly, going all the way back to like the nineties that these two are going to recognize. Right. So finally happened. Yeah. And that's where Cutter makes the, or Lita makes the comment, you know, maybe now that they've recognized that like, like when Cutter and, Lita recognizes when she really started to make the connections between Cutter and Tamane um, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. for that second time. And then, you know, she's saying like maybe he's going to figure it out. And then here's this really interesting comment that Cutter makes that, you know, who knows whether or not Skywise is ever going to figure out the connection between Tamane and Cutter. And he says for him, meaning Skywise, he must always be a he and a she, a she. Um, and so, and, and on the page before, two pages before, when Timane comes out and takes Skyways' hand after he says goodbye to Cutter, it says another loved yeah. hand appears. Skyways takes it, self-blinded now, even or self-blinded even now, to the larger truth. Yeah, I just wanted to. Uh, I was just about yeah. to mention. Yeah, and so so this yeah, idea, yeah. Um, 
you know, that Skywise is just so rooted, which it's so fascinating because, you know, for Skywise to be a wolf rider, to give up his immortality and be an elf that, you know, seeks this sort of bigger plane of existence mm-hmm. to at the same time be so wedded to very kind of like rigid physical, you know, bodies with like boy parts and girl parts, <laughs> you know, like he's just yeah. like, he can't separate. And, 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 you know, I think, I think the suggestion here is that, you know, there are male and female elements in all of us. Right. And, and, you know, Cutter and Tamane, that whole thing kind of represents that um, in one way in ElfQuest. And, um, and yet they're saying that Skywise for all his, his, you know, big vision is still like he, his, his, his whole worldview is still just based on, you know, boys and girls. And I just find that kind of funny in a way. It's like, Maybe an aspect of, of Skywise's immaturity that we've talked about, um, or that we talked about a lot in the last podcast that then didn't record properly. So we'll have to repeat that conversation. Uh, but yeah. um, and and Cutter's maturity here, and and the age difference here, and and I just you know, and then I begin asking questions like, why are Wendy and Richard you know going this route with with this bit about Skywise? Literally, as he leaves, potentially the story for good, and. You know, like, what does it mean that they're bringing that up at this point? Exactly. Yeah. And um, like, will, would that possibly change given his time spent in the palace now going forward? You know, will he will his mind change? Right. He's taken on this this high one form. You know, does that mean that his his the whole like his consciousness changes as well you know will he be open to it now and and you're right why are they bringing it up at this point like how is that significant to the story why doesn't he know still at this point why why isn't why is it important that we're told he doesn't know and why is it important that he doesn't know right you know what i mean and i ain't got any answers both ways like we're yeah and and then so Lita knows, but that was never really, I don't think that was ever really spelled out for us directly, but I guess we can assume that she knows because of her recognition, right? Or am well, I wrong to no, know something or am I forgetting I think, something? you know, it was another example of where, you know, the way the script was written and, you know, Wendy and Richard didn't say, and then Lita figured it out, you know, like they yeah. suggested through that conversation that they had after their second recognition that 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 event of them recognizing again really kind of busted down the that barrier and Lita what did she say I'm feeling my way through it and she didn't want mm-hmm. Cutter to really talk about it and articulate it and so yeah to me that suggested that she had figured it out or was at least on the pathway and then her comment here pretty much says I figured it out you know it, it acknowledges yeah. that, but yeah, you're not alone. I think a lot of other people weren't sure because it wasn't again said in a very black and white kind of way, but um, you know, Wendy and Richard seem like that's how, at least for some of this stuff, they're not going to spell it out. They want you to kind of think about it and chew on it and come to your own conclusion. And, but, um, but I think it's pretty obvious from Lita's comment here that she, she gets that there's a connection, whether or not she understands mm-hmm. it fully yet i don't know whether she ever will but she obviously gets it more than skywise does so yeah yeah exactly but uh again yeah very um interesting that this is brought up with skywise and his inability to um like understand it or accept it or even uh 
like to be denying it self-denial and like just that it's bringing being brought up again at this stage and like what is the meaning of that what does this have ramifications in the next two issues like what's happening yeah 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 and and you know i guess all i can say to that is like we just gotta wait and see (laughs) yeah um yeah but um so yeah that's like the big stuff there's a couple more little details um just to quickly touch on before we wrap here um unless you had anything else to say about all of that the record uh well no i mean just that yeah finally they've recognized after it's been foreshadowed for the last like 20 years or so so you know and there's whole there was tons of speculation about oh that's just a red herring and they probably won't recognize but no sure enough okay they have so that's yeah you know finally we get some like closure on that on on their relationship and they're recognized and now of course everyone's going to be speculating like well is their child going to think because obviously that's you know the the next big mystery right. i think as far as the the whole elf quest mythos, right. like who who is sure. drink right and i think we've sort of we've almost reached that stage now where that's like sort of the next sure part, yeah yeah well yeah. you know cutter mm-hmm. and lita are pregnant yes and they are, now yeah. the skywise and tamane are and so you know it, it, it would be yeah. interesting though if jink were the product of the recognition between Skywise and Tamane, because then she really would be in a way, you know, far Tamane and Tam because Tam and Tamane are, are connected. Exactly. Um, although yeah. if you, if you think of it that way, I wouldn't say necessarily that, you know, Sunstream and Ember are part of Tamane because the Tam part recognized Lita and they made those children. So mm-hmm. the Tamane part is, there is a separation there. So, yeah. so I don't know, but I, I don't so. want to get into yeah. speculating about Jinx parentage because again, there's like 20 years worth of that. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. And um, I don't want to derail from talking about final quest. Cause that would be, you know, a th- three steps away from anything that actually happens in final quest is my guess. But um, right. So, all right. The last couple of things that, um, that just bear mentioning in the issue are, Number one, we talked about um, Audrey choosing to stay, which was kind of a surprise. Well, here we see Dreon has chosen to stay as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and I kind of like that. Dreon is, in a way, is very down to earth. And for some reason, I just don't see him fitting in in the, in the world of the palace. Maybe it's because he's his physical form is so, you know, he's kind of, you know, as far as elves go, he's kind of beefy, you know, like he's just got this weight to him. That to me is yeah. is just very different than the lightness and the weightlessness of the elves in the palace. Um, mm-hmm. So it kind of feels right to me that he's staying. Um, and on the the next page, um, you know, we actually physically see the palace lift up, and the illusion of Blue Mountain still standing falls away, and the palace leaves, and the Wolf Riders are standing there, and they're watching it leave, and they're crying. You know, probably, you know, still in shock and grief over Moonshade's death, crying, you know, just in the sadness of, you know, the palace leaving and everybody in it that they're never going to see again. And, you know, I told you, for me, that I actually, <laughs> the tears started flowing when when Ember was saying goodbye to Sunstream. By this point in the story, I had, like, pulled myself together a little bit. And then I read Tears' comment that he says, they took no animals with them. 
what's a world without animals? And then I was just like bawling like a baby again. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I'm an animal person, yeah. you know? And so it yep. just, it hit me like, it was just like total waterworks. So, and again, Justin was like, are you okay? <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to figure out what Ember meant though, when she was talking about Moonshade Spirit, having something to do with setting that right. Like what does she mean by I... that? Is, is Moonshade Spirit going to like, pull animals into the palace or something i don't understand what that i i I, yeah i don't think that literal i think maybe that you know moonshade spirit might you know because of her wolf rider heritage and closeness to the animal world you know sort of help make the suggestion that there should be animals in the lives of of the elves in some way shape or form maybe it's when they get back to the the um to start home or, or where I, again i i wouldn't read like try to look for like you know the how-to of how that's going to happen out of that comment mm-hmm. i think the the sentiment that you know that's something that that moonshade can bring to the palace dwellers from her wolf rider heritage is kind of the main takeaway mm-hmm. there which is kind of a sweet thing. Mm-hmm. um yeah. so um i was crying 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 and then the next page um, I was actually really happy to see that bitter sweetness reflected. Um, and, you know, they literally say it. The caption on that next page, you see Scouter and Dushine and Talit and Poole and Sust, and they're back in Father Tree Holt guarding it. Yeah. Um, so they didn't they didn't take the pod or journey on foot. Who knows which way they went um, to get from Father Tree Holt to Blue Mountain, which are not close. Um, but anyway, the, the, you know, the the scouters and um, they, they, they mm-hmm, say yeah. behind it that father tree hold. And the caption says for embers, wolf riders who guard far away, father tree hold. This is not the joyous moment they anticipated. Um, and on the previous page, again, you see the rest of the wolf riders, ember and tear and um, Clearbrook and, and tree stump and pike and knife all moon and red Lance all sad and crying. Then we see scouter and his family crying or just sad and morose. And then it says, nor is it in the, in the forbidden grove where we see um, good old Winkin and Rayek have made short work of the humans that shot Strongbow and Moonshake. Yeah. Um, and um, don't see really seem to have too many qualms about it, which I kind of like, you know, that not every elf has, is called to the light side, if you will. And that, right. they don't have really, yeah. you know, we know that Winkin spent however many years morose, losing his mind in the sun village, just picking off humans with arrows and that he spent exactly. you know, decades or centuries roaming with Kavi and Tildak. And we know Kavi's morality probably, um, you know, didn't care too much if humans got killed or not. So, and mm-hmm. I have to admit those bastards needed to go. So I was happy. To, yeah, exactly. I was happy to see them, yeah. them all dead, but you know, mm-hmm. and then you see the, you know, Ray float above the trees and say farewell. And the issue ends with, you know, a long mournful howl from Strongbow and his wolf as the palace leaves. And the issue ends on this really, really heavy, not joyous note. I don't want to say sad. I don't want to say depressing, bittersweet maybe, but it's just a heavy ending to an an issue and an event. You know, the, the final glorious you know, fulfillment of everything that the elves could be on the world of two moons and them all having made their choices and being comfortable with them and the palace finally going on its way just leaves this, this really dead stone in your gut feeling. 
um, mm-hmm. which I, I was not expecting. You know, I was expecting it to be like yeah. when the palace was first restored and first showed up in the Forbidden Grove Holt, and then they go to the Sun Village and they party. Yeah, but remember at the end of uh, the first quest, once they had fought for the palace and won, that had some of the same feeling yeah. in it. I mean, not there was at that point Cutter thought that Skywise was staying at the palace, right? And it had some same sense to some right. extent, uh, a bit of that melancholy. Totally, feeling, yes, that's exactly yeah. yeah the right word. And and yeah, you're right. I didn't think about that. Um, so interesting mirror there. Um, you know, folks have said if this is where it ended, that it would be satisfying. And I don't disagree. If this was the very last issue, hmm. I think that mm-hmm. – I mean, and don't get me wrong. Don't get any ideas, Wendy and Richard. I want to see those last two issues. But <laughs> um, I can see that. You know, I mean, it – there is there is a closure that I have about the choices of all the different characters. There's a closure that I have that the palace is gone and some elf stayed. Um, you know, Skywise and Cutter said their goodbye. Um, we have the 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 fulfillment of the Moonshade and Strongbow storyline. So yeah. I could be satisfied with this, even if it ended on a heavy note. I don't think that would be a bad thing. Um, so I just feel all the more blessed that we do have these two additional issues coming. Um, mm-hmm. and again, all we know is that there's going to be some kind of fight between the Warman, the Junsman and the Wolf Riders, but what's going to happen? I mean, all we know is the cover for issue 23. Um, you know, chemo is, 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 has been captured and the, the commander has the knife at his throat. And we see go-backs and armor and blood and fighting and Cutter pissed on the back of a wolf. And I'm like, yes! <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, this felt like the the climax of the story right here. And then you have the um, the Denouement, yeah. right? Is that what it's called? Yeah. Uh, after yeah. the climax. So I wonder if that's what we're going to get with these two issues. I wonder, I'm wondering if maybe we're going to get some sort of epilogue. Are we going to see what happens with... Um, the elves who have left in the palace, you know, we're going to yeah. have to we're... wait and see what goes on. And, and, you know, we're talking about Cutter's hero's journey. Well, are we going to see the finality of that journey in Cutter dying? I, I don't know. Yeah. You no, know? I mean, we've got this battle coming right. up. <clears throat> I don't know. And I still, at this point, I literally don't know. Like, I think in the classic hero's journey, the hero dies. dies. So yeah. um, at the same time, I just can't see Cutter dying. Like part of me doesn't accept that that is even a possibility. But that makes me force myself to accept that it is a possibility. So <laughs> The other thing about that, though, is that I can't see Wendy leaving that story to anyone else. So if ElfQuest is going to continue, I can't see her leaving that aspect of cutter's life to any other right place. well you, you yeah know what i'm saying so i don't know i mean unless she was planning on doing like a a one-off at some point in the future but yeah if this is final quest and this is the last story that they're doing together then i just i can't imagine her wanting anybody else to tell that part of cutter's right. story 
That's a, yeah, that's a good point. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I could see, I, I think, I think there are many ways to, to end Cutter's hero's journey. And I don't know that it necessarily has to be by following, you know, the, the, the classical path or, um, I think there, again, I, I, I just, I trust them enough as storytellers to know that they're going to do something that is meaningful, most importantly for them, but within the story. And I know enough to not like pre-prescribe what that's going to be. Yeah. And frankly, that's part of the fun too. I like not knowing and I like seeing what, what happens. And then I like trying to figure it out, (laughs) you know, as we just spent the last, what, three hours and 15 minutes doing. So. (laughs) Holy smokes. Yeah. So I think uh, it's been a while since we've done one. Yeah, this long. it has been. Um, so I think that's probably where we should break unless you have any other final thoughts. No, this issue deserved three hours and 15 minutes. Yeah, I think. I, if, if any issue did this one. Yeah, did. I agree for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, we still got two more to go, folks. So batten down the hatches, oh, you know, wow. fortify your heart and Get ready because it ain't over yet. <laughs> so the next two issues we've got uh, twenty three coming out in January and then twenty four in February. Yeah. Yep. Is that right? Yep. So we don't have to wait uh, two months in between for the last two issues. Uh, well, I mean, it's going to still probably be well. February is a short month, so it's probably going to be more like instead mm-hmm. of eight weeks, it'll probably be more like five and a half, six weeks. Right. Um, yeah. So yeah. Um, so we got a little bit of a stretch. We've got all of November and all of December to wait for 23, but then 23 will be out January 3rd and then 24 will be out, um, on February. I forget the exact date, but, um, it'll be to the day of the original, um, the first issue of ElfQuest years ago. Wow. Do we know, do we know if 24 is going to be like an extra sized oh. issue uh like the special was or is there any word um on that? yes so so if you oh, notice okay. in issue 22 um there were a, a, an additional i think six pages of story eight pages of story and there were no there were no mm-hmm. letter pages and richard did confirm on facebook that the the final three issues um 23 22 23 and 24 will all be have those additional story pages and there will not be all those extras that have been in the back, including letters pages. So oh, while, you know, okay. on the one hand, I love seeing the the little, you know, behind the scenes and snippets and everything. Um, and I do like reading everyone's letters. I will any day of the week take additional story pages. Oh, hell yeah. yes. Because, you know, we all share our thoughts on social media and you know, even just sharing via this podcast. So, you know, we have a lot of other ways of sharing those thoughts nowadays than back in the yeah, old exactly. days where you, the only way to share with other fans was, you know, to write a letter into the comic. Um, so I'm okay right. losing the letter pages if we get those additional story pages. Oh, definitely. I mean, I get the idea behind the letter pages because it's a bit of, like, callback to the nostalgia of the original yeah. series. But with social media now, you don't really need well, this, yeah. you know. And so if you take... If you sacrifice those for story pages, for sure, I'd take the story pages over letters. Yeah, totally, yeah. yeah. And I, I think, you know, there is something still special about reading a letters page and even more importantly, getting 
your letter printed in a physical copy. Um, that mm-hmm. is just more permanent than something that you're going to post on Twitter or Facebook or Instagram and have it be gone the next day. Just take a screenshot and print it out <laughs> when you have it. There you go. Staple it into the right. back of your Elfquest comic and you're good to go. Oh, all right. On that note, I think I think it's time to go. <laughs> all, right. all right. Well, thanks for listening, everybody, and we'll see you back for issue 23. The music that you heard at the top of the podcast was a track called Hunting for Experience by Epicus from their album An Epic Journey. You can find music by Epicus and thousands of other artists royalty-free for your podcast or multimedia projects on jamendo.com. That's J-A-M-E-N-D-O dot com. Well, that's it for this episode of the ElfQuest Show podcast. As always, you can join the discussions on ElfQuest.com, on Twitter at, at ElfQuest, or on any of several Facebook pages, including the official ElfQuest Facebook page and the ElfQuest Facebook fan page. Don't forget, you can read the entire ElfQuest back catalog at ElfQuest.com, along with tons of other great stuff like character bios, behind-the-scenes features, and more. The Final Quest is published by Dark Horse Comics, and you can get the latest issue of ElfQuest the minute it comes out at digital.darkhorse.com. Until next time, shade and sweet water. <laughs>